You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome back in to another edition, another Thursday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Got a little bit of bonus content for you here today. I guess you're just not tired of hearing me talk. Well, that's okay, because Cam Miller's actually going to talk quite a bit more. We're talking about the 1976 sweep the Reds did to the New York Yankees to win back-to-back World Series, and this is also on today on this date in Reds history the Reds announce the signing of David Bell as Cam and I talk about the job that he did this past season that led up to getting the extension that he now has and what the future looks like with David Bell at the helm. Thanks again for listening, making this your first listen, or maybe this is your second listen after the first listen when you listen to Game Six, the podcast about Game 6 of the 1975 World Series, which also happened on this date in Reds history. But just in case, if this is your first listen, thank you very much. And as you know, Locked on Reds is free and available on all platforms. Today is an audio-only day, but... I got a lot of great content for you. Thanks to Cam Miller because dude knows everything there is to know about Red's history, and he's on today with me. Let's jump back into the conversation. The reason that they are the machine is also the fact that 44 years ago today, they swept the Yankees to get back-to-back World Series champions, and that's also something I want to talk a little bit to you about because I feel like obviously everybody focuses on that 75 team because the the game, game six, and they were able to win game seven against the Red Sox, widely argued to be not only just the best game in baseball history, but widely argued to be the best World Series in history. And, And there's been some in recent memory that can at least make it an argument but i I obviously we're biased we're gonna we're gonna pick 75 but 76 it was almost like such a foregone conclusion and they sweep the yankees oh yawn you get a sweep whatever you went two in a row how about that (laughs) but still thinking about it you're like man two in a row 44 years ago today they wrapped up that sweep what was your favorite thing about that 1970 16 i think that to put it into perspective, I think when you think about the big red machine, you have to start with 70, of course. Not a lot of people go back that far. They just say 75, 76, and that's kind of where their narrative is. It begins and ends. 75, 76, big red machine. Mm-hmm. It starts in 1969 with Sparky. And then in 70, they get to the World Series. And then in 70. Two, they get to the World Series, and there's good teams against the Mets in 73, and then they're back to the playoffs in 75. Sparky keeps his job. I mean, all those heartbreaking losses in 70 and 72 and 73 and a terrible year in 74, he keeps his job because management believed in him. He was the guy. He was a good manager. He just didn't get that break yet. And there was talk. Is he choking? Is he not good? Can he get you to the dance? I mean, I don't know. 75 happens, they win. But 76 is when they went from being a a Mustang to a Porsche. They were the machine in 1975, and they were, you know, fired on all cylinders towards the end of the season. But they started rough in 75. It, they were 500. I mean, going into the middle of the summer, and then of course Pete Rose changes positions. Foster gets in the lineup every day, and the rest is history. But once that lineup change was made, and once they found their groove, the machine started cooking. And in 76, what a team! I mean, 
it's like you said, you're absolutely right. Nobody really talks about it because they, oh yeah, of course you went back and swept because you were the best. But that's even harder in my estimation to right. maintain that focus for. 162 games in the heat of summer in Cincinnati, and to be good, they were good all year long. And they get into the World Series, and here's something that I I had forgotten about until we had talked about doing this. Bottom of the first of game one, Joe Morgan hits a home run to set the tone, kind of like Eric Davis did in 1990. Mm -hmm. Hits that home run. The the parallels are crazy. Eric Davis hits that home run to kind of set the tone. It's like, whoa. And the same thing with Joe Morgan, first inning, rear front stadium. And I love it because there's a special I saw a few years ago. I think it was an NBC thing right after the season. They did this kind of retrospective of the World Series. And Sparky was mic'd up, which is just gold. I would love to hear the unedited tape of Sparky Anderson mic'd up in the dugout. Right. Because this stuff was just gold, just what they you know showed or what they you know what you heard on the um, on, on the show, and he says right after Morgan hits that home run, he says, "Let's play baseball. We attack. Let's go to work. This is just the beginning." And that's and he says says this in the dugout as everybody's coming in to high five Morgan, and it was he was prophetic because it was because what happens? They win game one, five to one. Game two, again a parallel to 1990. They hit a game winning walk off, a single. Walk to Morgan, Perez lines uh, a hit, and, and Ken Griffey scores. The Reds are up two games to nothing. Game two, again, just like 90, that parallel is crazy. It's like they get that hit, <laughs> Billy Bates, Joe Oliver, you know, action going on there. It's kind of it's kind of spooky. And then they win that game, and they go to New York, and it's like they're, they're just too good. And I think that this is the game where Dan Dreesen gets his Hall of Fame plaque for the Cincinnati Reds. The reason he's in the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame is because Dan Dreesen is the DH in this series. Okay, The first player for the Reds to be a DH because this is the first time the DH is being used. And he goes on a tear. He hit, goes three for three in game three, hits a home run. The Reds win convincingly six to two. Game four, first time the Reds are down. They're down one to nothing. And Bench hits a two-run home run. And then he hits another three-run home run. And this is a guy that had been injured and banged up the whole year saves his best for the last game of the season and gets two home runs. The Reds win convincingly seven to two sweep the series four games to O. And now you have established that series, not just because they, 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 they won it. That's great. Of course. But the way they did it, the Yankees, I mean, cause oh, remember the yeah. Yankees in 77 win the world series. I mean, the Yankees are in the world series in 77. Their team was good. They had a really, really good team, and the Reds acted like they were just a little league team. They right. just destroyed them in every facet with pitching and defense and hitting. It was a master class. And that's when they became, in October of 1976, the Big Red Machine became the Big Red Machine. It's like you turn around, you, you sweep the Yankees at that point, and you said 7-2, like such a dominant win oh, in that yeah. final game. Right. <laughs> It'd be like if Johnny turned around to Joe Morgan and just been like, all right, well, that was the warm up. So who are we playing for the World Series now? <laughs> yeah. Now, now, yeah. Now, now who we got is Oakland ready because we're ready now. Right. Fun. So who else is, <laughs> who else is playing? Somebody else want to come? Yeah. Mm. Gosh. Like I, I can't even imagine. And it would have been a lot of fun to like things. And obviously it's very biased toward Reds fans on this one, but things I wish Twitter was around for would be that series because can you imagine Reds Twitter versus Yankees Twitter? Oh, man. <laughs> would have been phenomenal. I, I cannot wait for when the Reds do get back to the World Series, and they will. 
yes. sooner rather than later. And and Twitter's around, and it's going to be a blast to go back and forth. You're going to have your hardheads, of course you are. Yeah. You're going to have your nut jobs, but you're also going to have some diehard fans that have been waiting and waiting and waiting, like yourself, like me. I mean, we have been waiting and waiting for the moment to come. And when we get on there and we're going back and forth with the other team and all good nature, it's going to be insane. I cannot wait. Oh, I man. cannot wait till that day comes. Because, like, I, I just remember, like, the ecstasy that I felt. Even when Wade Miley threw the no-hitter, like, that was amazing. Oh, yeah. When they made the playoffs in 2020, I was just like, right. holy crap, how did they even get here? And then, right. of course, you have the letdown of the, the two. We, right. won't, we won't talk about the Brave series. But, <laughs> but yeah, like, if they get to that point, it's going to feel so phenomenal and it's hilarious because this turns out to be a perfect segue because the man who could in theory lead them to that world series. This is so on this day, 45 years ago, game six, Red Sox win Carlton Fisk, but then the, the Reds win the next day. So it doesn't matter. Then 44 years ago today, the Reds sweep the Yankees. Like we said, dominant fashion, win back to back world series. That's on this day in Reds history. Also on this day in Reds history, David Bell is announced, is signed as the Cincinnati Reds manager. He's announced. We now know that that tenure will continue for at least two more years as he was extended just about a month ago. And I thought, you know, obviously the timing of it was not so great because it was in the middle of a collapse, but I thought that he deserved it. I feel as though he has at least managed this team to the point that with what he has been given, he has done the best that he has been able to you can point to games in which you know maybe he could have done this or he could have done that but again you could do that for every single manager including craig council and gade kapler and and kevin cash and guys that we deem to be the top of the managerial food chain in this day and age so when i look at that and i i think that you know looking toward the future to see what david bell can bring what do you remember most about these uh, couple of years with david bell at the helm I think that he established himself to me. I, I was on the fence with him when they signed him. I was like, okay, I'm a nostalgia guy from day one. Believe me, <laughs> that is my middle name. Came Nostalgia Miller. Tradition, <laughs> love it. Sign me up. I am all about it. That is my job. It's what I do for a living. Right. So when they signed him originally, I was like, man, this seems like a family, you know, Bell, the name. I'm all on board with this, but is he the guy? Right. I like I, the Bell, uh, Buddy Bell, big fan. Gus, oh, yes, please give me some more Gus. I love that connection to Cincinnati. But just because his last name is Bell doesn't mean he's going to be successful. So I was like, okay, let's see what happens. And the day when he got thrown out of the game, when Amir Garrett decided he was going to take on the entire Pittsburgh Pirates organization, <laughs> and David Bell ran out of the dugout in his T-shirt and baseball pants, probably unbuttoned because he was getting ready to get in the shower, and he <laughs> runs on the field to physically do harm – to the Pirates manager and the rest of the team, I was sold. He had his players back. I knew that that was the type of manager this team needed. Different managers are in different sorts of situations. You don't, you know, Sparky was perfect for the big red machine. I thought Dusty did a good job. I mean, he had his issues, but you need the right guy at the helm at the right moment. And it's a crapshoot. You don't know. I mean, look what happened in St. Louis. You figure this guy's going to get a lifetime contract after winning 17, 18 games or whatever it was. But no, they're gone. Philosophical differences is the catchphrase now. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to find somebody that's going to be in your corner, a leader that you know is going to be open-minded. You can't have somebody – the days of you know, Casey Stengel with the Iron Fist, those days are over. 
Right. It's not going to happen anymore. Baseball's a different game. You need somebody that's going to have some analytics, but also has a gut feeling, also plays both sides of it. He's not going to be stuck in the past, but he's also not going to be too far ahead in the future. He's going to make the right decisions based upon what he and his committee of coaches, which is what the game is now, mm-hmm. make the decisions. And he's the guy that's got to kind of be like the final answer. He's going to, you have to answer to him. And I think he is the right guy for the job. You have to give him time. It's not fair to judge him on his first year because he well, didn't have his guys yet. He's trying to figure out, what do I do? 2019 is tough. Okay, how are we going to do this? And, and it was respectable. You could see some shining moments there. And then 2020, you can't judge anybody because of 2020. It was what it was. Right. And they still get into the playoffs, even though the playoffs were not the playoffs that we know and love. It was a different beast, of course, but he got there. And the way he got there was a, a magical run at the end of the season. So him doing that, and of course, this year, I, I understand, and you point to it, and you're absolutely right. And the people that argue about the collapse and call it the collapse is absolutely right, and I understand it completely and totally. But what he did just to even be above water from Jump Street this year is absolutely un- one of the greatest managing jobs I've ever seen in all the years I've been watching baseball. Yeah. He had his back against the wall from day one, his brother's passing and the emotions of that. Mm-hmm. His star players off the injured list, on the injured list. His closer, the guy he thought was going to be closer, was just not having it. He was not good. His setup guy, gone till almost the middle of the year. He trusts this rookie second baseman. Is Cassiano's going to have a year? I mean, he's getting a little older. What's he going to be about? We don't know. You don't know how players are going to pro- progress or regress when they start getting into their 30s. It's a crapshoot. Right. The same with Moose. He didn't have a great year. Who's your shortstop? He can only play the guys that he is given. They hand him a sheet of paper. Here's your <laughs> roster. Go out there and knock him out, Mr. Bell. Have a good time. And the way he did it, of course, like you said, mistakes were made. He's not going to be the perfect manager. He has flaws. Every manager has flaws. But what? And I'm sure he would be the first to admit that. I've talked to him once, twice maybe, and his personality fits this city perfectly mm. and the team perfectly. We've got the nucleus to be a very, very special team especially with Mr. Vado still at first base for at least hopefully two more years. So let's, let's hope we can get two more years out of him and he can continue <laughs> the success he has. But all of the factors that were against David Bell and the fact that he still, still, when we were on the cuts, we were watching meaningful baseball games in Cincinnati for the first time in a long time because David Bell and the Reds were giving us something to watch. And it's, of course, the manager's not the whole reason they're, they get too much credit. They don't get enough credit. You know how that story goes. But right. having him at the helm and then I don't, signing him and saying, hey, two more years. Let's get this done. It tells the players, man, my guy, he's still here. He's still, they're, they're not just going to let him go because we failed at the end. They're going to say, hey, let's start fresh. Now we got an idea. Now we've got an idea what we need to do. We need a bullpen. We need to figure out what the shortstop's going to be. Who's our center fielder? We've got to. We've got to kind of piece together things and get get back into to you know where we were in the the middle of the year when we were just on fire. And I think it's possible. I think we have the nucleus. And of all the managers in the world, I, I'm I want David Bell on my team every single day. And I think his strength too is just knowing how to gain his players' trust, and then also having to express his trust in his yes. players. Like I, I think yes. that. You, you mentioned the thing, and it's it, it's going to prove to be an absolutely huge thing for the future of this franchise, not just for the player himself, but he expressed so much trust in Jonathan India because nobody 
was talking about Jonathan India be, playing yeah. a, a significant role in this ball club in the month of March. I, I, I mean, right. during spring training games, we, we we would see India bat and we'd be like, oh, that's cute. Nah, maybe we got some dude who can work in here. Maybe you can do something. Right. And then right. even at the beginning of the year, it was like, oh, all right, we got this rookie playing second base. He's going to hit like seventh or eighth. That's that's nice. Right. And then he puts him in the leadoff spot, and you're like, amazing. what's this going to do? And all of a sudden, he gets on base like 40% of the time, and he's crushing right. the ball. And he fields well. There's some metrics that say that there's room for improvement there, but hey, he's a rookie. There's plenty of room for improvement right. from your first year in the league. Like I just, I love. I, I think that is a thing that he doesn't get enough credit for. There's so many people that want to say, well, he he shouldn't have kept putting this guy in out of the bullpen. He shouldn't have kept playing this dude at third base. He couldn't, you know, different things like that. But like you said. Hey, he does not make the roster. He is given right. the roster, and they say, right. work with this. He is given the clay to make the the pot or the bowl right. or whatever it is you make out of clay. I, I'm not super artistic, <laughs> so I don't know. But when you look at what he did with what he had, the fact that he took a bullpen that for much of the year was either the worst or the second worst statistically in most categories, and he still managed to win more than, you know, have a above 500 record, just – I. I, I'm all in. I love it. I, and I'm looking absolutely. forward to what he can bring to the table next year. You're absolutely right. And it's like your India point is spot on. Like there's not a lot of managers that would do that. Lead off. Are you crazy? A rookie? Right. No, not doing it. Especially the dusty Baker. Love me some dusty, but he wasn't going to do that. Mm -mm. And Brian price. I don't think he really grasped. I think he's great at, at certain aspects of pitching. I don't think he grasped the concept of the entire thing that you needed to be a manager. Great guy. Just kind of was a fill-in, and I get it. I understand the politics of it completely. And David Bell, when they hired him, and like I said at the beginning of this, I think that it was a, a risk. But of all the things management has done that we could gripe about, and believe me, there's plenty. Right. The one thing that we have to give them credit for is saying, Bell, you're doing. We're 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 trending in a direction that's good. It's not like we finished in fifth place three straight years. Okay, so, yeah. or, you know, so we're 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 getting better. We have the nucleus there. He's the type of guy. I mean, look what he did when he benched Votto. He benched Joey Votto because Votto <laughs> wasn't producing. Right. And he said, it. "Look, Joey, you're going to sit." And Votto, I deserved it. He's the first one to admit it. So, goes back to that whole thing where he's got his players back, and that today is the most important thing that you can do as a manager. Is if the players trust and believe in you, they're going to go out there and perform their best. And they don't want to let you down. That's the biggest thing. They don't want to let their manager down. They're playing for the manager. They want to do well for their manager because he's one of them. He played ball, and he's one of them. So I hope that when we talk uh, next year in October, we're coming off the cusp of a world championship, and we're talking about how David Bell's holding up that trophy at Fountain Square. <sighs> I don't know what I'll do, but I know I'll be happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, I – Man, I tell you, when I look at David Bell and I look at the future, I, I really hope that we are talking about a championship because it seems like they're building toward that and they've got their guy to lead things. And kind of like we looked at the dominance of 76, who knows? Maybe we'll be talking about the 2020s of the Cincinnati Reds because believe it or not, the 2020s are just getting started. Or at least that's what 21, that's the beginning, right? Like 22, yeah, right. we still get yeah. plenty. Yeah, plenty we're in the early part, yeah. Exactly. So we've got lots more ahead for this Reds franchise. I firmly believe that they are building a base and they are going to improve. This is not a scenario where they're going to tear down and do the whole R word thing. I'm not going <laughs> to use that word, Cam. I'm not. But Cam, thank you so much, dude. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Anytime we can talk Reds baseball, I am all in.
Thanks again for listening to this bonus episode of the Locked On Reds podcast as we look back this date in Reds history at the 1976 sweep of a World Series by the Reds over the Yankees and talking about the Reds signing of David Bell and what they've got to look forward to with him at the helm. That'll do it for us here today. Again, like I mentioned on the other podcasts as well, tomorrow, Wick Terrell joins the show to talk about the Reds 2021 series. Put a bow on that this season and put a bow on that and look at the offseason that is ahead. And we got a couple of bold predictions for you. You're not going to want to miss it. That's on tomorrow's Locked On Reds podcast. Thanks again for making this your first or second listen of the day. And I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow.